0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman-Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. This week, we'll be talking about Newsreel, an audio magazine for and by the blind. Every month, Newsreel releases three hours of helpful information and inspiration in the voices of its members. Topics include technology, travel tips, books, recipes, personal experiences, sports, and more. We'll talk with the current editor, Irwin Hott, about the magazine and its very long history. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Irwin Hott.
1: i have learned patience over the years. I've been blind all my life and found that it uh, doesn't help to get all bent out of shape when uh, something doesn't go the way you want it to. And sort of aligned with that, be ready for change. Uh, It doesn't mean you have to like it, but things change and you have to adapt. Otherwise your life gets a whole lot more difficult.
0: That is so true for everybody, with or without any kind of impairment. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. And now, instead of our normal breaker tune, we're going to play an excerpt of what the folks at Newsreel refer to as
1: snippets. Hi, it's Erwin Hot, Newsreel editor. Here's snippets from the October 2019 issue. Tom Likens, tell me, is now back. Lego devotee removes a stumbling block. We be calling here. Uh, we had a tornado hit our town last night.
2: This is Robert Wagner, and for this month it's going to be grits too
0: hello this is april brown i have moved from tony ames great
2: advice from the dog
1: nolan crab here this month i'm taking a look today at a window opens that's it for this october 2019 newsreel i hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you in november
0: now let's start by meeting erwin and learning about how he initially got involved with newsreel
1: Hi, I'm Erwin Hott. I'm editor of Newsreel Magazine.
0: So we'll be talking in the body of this episode about what Newsreel Magazine is, but is that your full-time position?
1: It's a part-time job. There are actually three of us all part-time, so it's a very small operation. I suppose I work maybe 120 hours a month, something around that.
0: And it says on the description of Newsreel Magazine that it is by and for people with visual impairments. Do you have one yourself?
1: I'm totally blind.
0: And how did you come to be
2: the editor of this magazine?
1: Well, it's kind of a long story, so I'll tell you kind of the short version. Stanley Doran, uh, who founded Pilot Dogs and co-founded the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service, uh, started Newsreel in 1958. I got involved in the mid-80s, first as helping to duplicate cassettes, because back then Newsreel was all about cassettes, doing minor repair work on cassette duplicators, packaging items, and that's when Newsreel was at Stanley's house, mostly on his kitchen table. Then Newsreel actually did move to a downtown office, and I started volunteering there a little bit more. And then in the late 80s, got more involved, started doing some editing and enjoyed it. I had done a lot of editing previously at the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service where I was working in the control room. And so editing was something I found lots of fun and did more and more and then took over in 1997 as editor when Stanley retired.
2: Boy, you've been doing this for quite a while. I guess this is really in your blood.
1: It is. It's a lot of fun. I never know from month to month what's going to be on the issue, because a lot of the articles are sent in by the subscribers. One of the neat things is that the articles, as much as we can, are in the subscribers' own voices.
2: Well, we'll talk more about that in just
0: a minute. Sure. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill.
2: Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net.
0: This week's focus topic is the Newsreel Audio Magazine. So we skirted around the issue a bit of what
2: the Newsreel magazine is all about, but maybe it can give us a more complete description. You said it's a magazine for and about the visually impaired community. Can you tell us a little bit more about the magazine, what it contains?
1: Sure. It's 50 to 60 articles each month, uh, about three hours in length. And just as an example on the October issue, there's been a lot of discussion recently about Tell Me Disappearing, well, there is a new version of Tell Me that's called something else with a new phone number. So one of our subscribers called in with that information and I put that on and then I actually called into to the actually toll free number now and did just a very brief demonstration of what it sounds like in getting the local weather. So that was an example of something that was generated by one of the subscribers. We've had several articles and we had another one this month about the uh, Braille Legos that are coming out and including a couple different websites, one of which includes some descriptions of how to put certain uh, Lego projects together. And that uh, sounded interesting. It may prompt me eventually to get some Legos and play around with that. We had another lady who was looking for help in repairing a cassette. We had an article about employment uh, discrimination suit against Amazon because the uh, website was not accessible. We have a kitchen corner every month where a gentleman sends in recipes and other people send in recipes as well. And we have some fun. So it's a wide variety of articles.
0: Do you have fiction as well?
1: We occasionally have done short stories that people have sent in. I wouldn't say we have a lot of that, but a lot of the articles are driven by what the subscribers send in. So if somebody were to write a piece of fiction and send it in, we would probably put it on. Um, We ask that articles be no longer than 15 minutes, and most articles are three to five. Because if you have a bunch of 15-minute articles, you're not going to get much on a three-hour issue.
2: (laughs) That's for sure. So you talked about the articles being in and by your subscribers and in their voices often, but you also said some of them are sent in. So how do you actually do this? Do people record their own stories, or they send in written text, and then you have someone read them, or is it a combination?
1: Kind of a combination. There are still people who send in articles on cassette. There are people who record memos on the iPhone and send those by email, and that's wonderful. We do have people who leave messages on the phone, and that's okay, but the quality isn't all that great, especially if it's a cell phone. So we use those, but sometimes that's the only choice. We actually had somebody a couple months ago send in an article on microcassette. So I dug out my microcassette player and put batteries in it and recorded the article. So it it worked.
2: Wow, I haven't seen one of those in a long time.
1: Well, I had to hunt for it. It was in a drawer and I found it. And uh, no carrier pigeons yet, but who knows? <laughs>
2: So it sounds like this has been going on for a long time. You said this started in 1958. Right. What was the actual seed idea for this?
1: Well, Stanley started it um, after he founded Pilot Dogs as a way for Pilot Dog graduates to keep in touch. Essentially, what happened is people started sending Stanley questions. And of course, that was back when it was open reel tape.
2: So Pilot Dogs, just to be clear, is that a service that provides guide dogs?
1: Correct. Pilot Dogs is here in Columbus, and it's still going strong. And uh, Stanley started getting questions on open reel, little three-inch reels of tape probably, from Pilot Dog graduates and started sharing those and some of the answers because he figured if one person had the question, somebody else might, and there might be people who were interested in the answers. So It kind of grew from that and got to be a little bit longer. I think they went to five inch reels of tape and there was a company here in town initially, I think that when they got a little bit bigger, copied the tapes for them. And of course, eventually went to open reel tape and then cassette uh, in the uh, mid to late 70s. So it it grew over time, became less dog-related Um, There still are guide dog questions and answers, but that's not a high priority now. It has grown and changed. We, as I say, probably have 50 or 60 articles generally per issue.
0: You mentioned this incredible evolution of technology that you've gone through from the open reel tapes and, and on and on. What formats is Newsreel available in now?
1: It's still on four-track cassette. How much longer that will go, I don't know, because there's really no excuse for anybody in the US, at least, to be able to get an NLS digital player. We'll probably do cassette until our duplicators fail, and of course, that could happen tomorrow or a year from now. We do MP3 CD. We do the NLS-type cartridge or a thumb drive, and then we also have the availability to download from the website. You have to sign up, and we give you a username and password. And then you can log on to the website and download the issue either as a zipped file or as separate MP3 files for each of the four cassette tracks.
2: And this comes out once a month, right? Correct. So it sounds like you get content from various sources, various formats, various quality. What does it take on your end to put this all together in terms of either editing or keeping the quality reasonably consistent?
1: I use SoundForge and I'm not expert in all of it, but I'm pretty expert in the parts that I need. So all my editing is basically done on a PC and I start by writing down a description of each article in brief something that will go in the table of contents and give it a number and these are all arbitrary so it doesn't really matter but I have assigned numbers for things that come in by mail which is primarily still cassettes and I have a different numbering system for things that are either generated in the office or come by phone or email or something like that so after I have that written down I have a general idea that for sale items we still think of tracks for now will be on the fourth and final track a lot of recipes will be on track two etc so I generally take a look and say okay I want to put this article here this article here but until I've edited the article of course I don't know how long it is and as long as we're doing cassette time matters a lot
2: Oh, good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you try to go over, it's gone.
1: It's gone, yeah. So what I do, again, referring to cassette, is I do a table of contents on track one for the first two tracks, then I do a table of contents for track three for the second two tracks. So it's a matter of sometimes good luck to leave room for the table of contents to fit it in there in its proper slot. Eventually, we'll have a single table of contents for the whole issue. And if it runs three hours and 10 minutes, who cares? But for now, it is a challenge every month to get things to fit uh, on cassette. So I edit each article, write down the time, and then start piecing things together.
0: We feel your pain on the time constriction. (laughs) Yeah. Eyes on Success is distributed through many radio reading services and they deal in half hour increments and they need a little bit of time to announce their station and maybe the weather and whatever else. And we can't go over either. Right. We sometimes spend a lot of time re editing to make sure we haven't gone over.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, understand.
2: So I don't know how big your subscriber base is, but it sounds like you could potentially be getting a lot of input from people in terms of articles they want to appear. Is that ever an issue? Are you like swamped with articles from people?
1: I wouldn't say we're swamped, but every month there generally are some articles left over and they may get used the next month. Um, We occasionally do a special issue and they may get saved for that if they are not timely. We do use sometimes articles from the local newspaper that might be of interest. Uh, our director, Kate, uh, has uh, Google alerts for certain words, so she may find an article that is interesting. And she will read articles, and then we have a volunteer, Beth, who will also read articles. And that is great for things that come in by email or from other sources. So Beth comes in once a month, and may read oh ten 10 or 12 articles some of them might be 30 seconds um, there was one we had on in September that I initially saw in the New York Times and then saw in the dispatch about safe deposit boxes aren't really safe and I thought that was of sufficient interest although it's not specifically blindness related that I wanted to be sure that that got on so she'd actually read it a about six weeks ago, so it's not exactly timely, but I had time for it in September, so I put it on.
2: So you did mention that you encourage people not to send in content that will run more than 15 minutes. Do you have any other requirements when people are submitting content? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, common sense things as far as we're we're not going to get particularly political, I would say. Um, no foul language that kind of thing Uh, be courteous to everybody Uh, that basically is it there aren't too many specific requirements
2: so almost anything goes and this is a nice way of building up a community of subscribers and you said you also put in their contact information at the end of each article
1: right if they whatever they send in i put in at the end of each article yeah
2: and who are your subscribers can you give us an overview of who actually listens?
1: Probably mostly people who were older and older, I'm thinking of over 50 or thereabouts. I mean, we have some younger subscribers. We don't really keep track of that, so I can't give you any statistical information, but I I think it's fair to say that the majority of subscribers are somewhat older.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it's a neat service because it's hard to find these people. You know, it's not like there's a group of a thousand blind people in each city. They're kind of scattered around, and then getting people to know about your service is difficult.
1: Yeah, word of mouth is probably the biggest way we have spread word about Newsreel, but we're very glad to do things like Eyes on Success. We are asking some of the regional libraries, if they have newsletters to put a notice in about Newsreel, because the hardest part is to keep growing, to get new people.
0: Well, what's kind of cool to me is that when you started, the internet hadn't even been invented. And this was basically kind of a available technology at the time, early version of a combination between a user group and a podcast.
1: Yep, that's right and uh, no immediate feedback but you did get feedback and we still have people send in questions we've had an ongoing thing for a couple months about whether people who are blind should wear dark glasses or not so that's been going on we've had a long time discussion which is probably about wrapped up about Braille whether kids these days should learn Braille or not They're, was one gentleman who was advocating that that Braille was basically not needed anymore because of all the technology. And you might guess there was a lot of feedback on that.
2: I'll bet. There are people very opinionated about that. And certainly with the changes in technology, you know, the trade-offs are very different these days.
1: They are. And I use Braille all the time. And I use a Braille writer occasionally. I went to public school. I did not learn the slate and stylus until I worked on it Uh, Actually, during high school, I'm still not very good at it. But to me, it's like a pen and pencil. And as wonderful as technology is, you can't count on it 24 hours a day.
2: That is true. Our computers sometimes aren't always very cooperative.
1: (laughs) That's right.
2: You talked about your subscribers sort of interacting through the newsletter on some of these topics and there being some back and forth discussions. Are there other ways that your subscribers can interact with each other? I know you give the contact information. I was wondering if you had like email forums or message boards or something like that.
1: We really don't. The usual thing that we hear is too many recipes, not enough recipes, too much technology, (laughs) not enough technology. So It's my job to try to pick a happy medium.
0: But I would think with the individual articles and starting with a table of contents, people can just skip to the next article fairly easily.
1: Correct. The cassettes are all tone indexed and the MP3 CDs and, well, downloads and the uh, cartridges are, I have not done Daisy yet, I may at some point, Basically, each article is a separate MP3 file. So it is easy, whether you load Newsreel on a stream or play it on a computer or iPhone or whatever, it's relatively easy to skip from article to article.
2: Yeah, trying to figure out what people are interested in is a balancing act that we go through quite often also. So, you know, we try to balance the number of articles about new technologies versus just personal success stories and you know what are people interested in we have some people who listen through radio reading services that i presume are probably less technically savvy in general than the people who download the podcasts yeah so we try to cover a wide variety of topics and also a variety of distribution methods to satisfy everybody's needs and requirements
1: yep sounds very similar
2: not easy you know since you started this a long time ago there have been a lot of changes in the media world, especially in terms of the availability of content over the web, podcasts, downloads, etc. Do you find it more challenging to find new subscribers and to increase your subscribership through the years?
1: I think so. And part of it is that, especially if we want younger subscribers, we have to find a way to interest younger subscribers. Uh, There are subscribers who basically get everything off the internet and aren't interested in anything else and i'm not sure there's much we can do about that unless we start a separate edition of newsreel
2: fewer articles on recipes and more on games
1: (laughs) that could be yeah
2: so what are your plans for the future of this newsreel magazine do you see any changes coming in the future
1: I don't know. I certainly intend to keep it going as long as I can, and we have been talking about finding somebody to continue Newsreel on. I mean, I expect I'll be doing it for another several years, but I would certainly like to see it keep going in some form after I retire, whenever that is.
2: Well, it's incredible that it's carried on for so long. That's, uh, you know, offer you a lot of credit for that.
1: It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it every month. It's like a puzzle piece to put together each month. And it's, uh, it's a big challenge.
0: Well, and the other thing about your position, and this has been kind of implied in the conversation up until now, is as Newsreel has changed technologies, you've needed to learn how to develop Newsreel in each of these new formats. That's not a small amount of learning that you've had to do.
1: Yeah, it isn't. Uh, when I started at Newsreel, the editing was from one cassette recorder to another. Eventually, we got retired open reel tape recorders actually from Hadley, and I was doing the editing on an open reel tape machine, and that meant for uh, much better editing. And then when Soundforge came out, uh, I started learning how to edit on that, and I've gotten progressively better, I hope, over the years.
2: That's made a big difference. It makes it a little bit easier to do those edits and put everything together in the end.
1: Yeah, it does. Oh, thank
0: you so much, Erwin. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with different formats and how that works out.
1: Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs>
0: You are listening to eyes on success.
1: success 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 success
0: now for this week's final item how to learn more about newsreel how to sign up for it and how to contact them or Irwin hot directly so
2: if people are interested in subscribing to newsreel finding out more about it what advice would you give them
1: okay just Give us a call or send us an email. We have a three-month trial subscription available in basically any format, so you can try it out and see if you like it. And then beyond that, there are different prices for the year, depending on the uh, format.
2: And that phone number and email would be?
1: Phone number is 614-469-0700. Or in the US, 888 723 8737. And the email is info at newsreel, N E W S R E E L, mag, M-A-G dot org.
2: And I assume you have a website?
1: We do. It's newsreelmag.org.
0: And if people had a question for you specifically, would they use that info email address or is there another one?
1: They certainly can or they can write to me directly at irwin i r w i n at newsreelmag.org. dot org
0: Do you provide any other services in addition to the audio magazine?
1: We do a braille calendar every year, and that's free for members or five dollars for non members and it's a very nice um oh three and a half by eight and a half inch calendar that a lot of people like. And we are doing our third cookbook now. It's available right now in Braille, large print, and regular print uh, recipes from our subscribers.
2: Oh, that's kind of neat to supplement your services.
0: And people can find either of those on your website?
1: The calendar information is not on the website. Uh, It's basically announced in each issue. The 2020 calendar should be out by mid-October, and people can just call us if They want to request one.
2: And if you want to sign up for a trial subscription or you're looking for any of that other contact information, go to the show notes associated with this episode at
0: www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1948. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about some books about using iOS with vision loss. Judy Dixon has written many books, mostly on that topic, and we will speak with her about her most recent two books about 31 cool things you can do with iOS, and in particular, how you can get sighted assistance just using your iOS device. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show, or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at or Twitter at underscore eyes on success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.